you can't thank God for nothing else, you ought to thank him for Jesus. Jesus says, I am the true vine. In other words, he wants to make sure that, the <clears throat> that everyone knows that he is true. Anything else is a lie. All right? He's the truth. What did he say to the disciple? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me. No one comes to the Father but by me. In other words, no one can get to God except through Jesus. If you don't believe that a Savior died for your sins, then there's still a gap between you and God. And you can never get to him. And that is what is problematic with some of the religious, religious believers out there is that they don't believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for their sins. Therefore, <clears throat> they say he was only a prophet. Well, then, if he was only a prophet, what animal is being sacrificed every day for your sins? Because there's all, there always has to be innocent bloodshed from Genesis to Revelation. And, and re, all the religions that I've talked to believe that. But the problem is some of them just won't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But I want to talk to the believers tonight. So Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. He says, I'm the true vine, and my father takes care of everything connected to me. In other words, God is watching over everything that I do because I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Verse number two. Mm -hmm. So he says, now, now he says, let's deal with the branch. He says, every branch in me, right? Every branch where? In Christ. How many of you are in Christ? He says, every branch in Christ that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. It says, every branch that does not bear fruit gets broken off. God says, uh, listen, when, when you stop producing for the kingdom, then what good are you here on earth? So God says, listen, I've, I've made you connected in my son so that you can produce son-like fruit. So the fruit he's talking about is not apples and oranges. The fruit he's talking about is the works of the kingdom. Only, and only what you do for the kingdom will last eternally. And so, and so, if you remember, Paul's name was Saul. And Saul was converted and became an attachment to the kingdom of God. 
because he had an encounter with Jesus. His name became Paul. Y'all right, Paul. And Paul began to do the works of God. And he began to write. And he wrote more books in the New Testament than any other writer. Because once he got converted, God used his works. And when God uses his works to bear fruit, the fruit still remains. So people are still reading Paul's stories every single day because it is the fruit that God has used him to, to produce. So God wants to use you to produce fruit. And sometimes we chase legacy. We want to leave money. But if you leave the love of God in your children when you're gone, because they're attached to God, they don't have to worry about money. Money will come to them anyway because everything belongs to God. And so God is showing us how he established relationships. So Jesus explains it this way. He says, my father is the vine dresses, and then I, listen, <clears throat> and then the branches, and we're the branches. And the branches that don't bear fruit, he's going to cut off. But the branches that bear fruit, he cuts them too. Now, now get this. I look, I, I understand how fruit trees work, right? And, and when, when, when a certain season, all the fruit is gone, the vine dresser comes out there, the gardener, and he prunes. He cuts the branches back. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been cut before. And when you get cut, it don't feel good. And sometimes God says, I'm going to use you so much that I'm going to cut you. And you don't like the way he's cutting you. But God is not cutting you to leave you hurt or damaged. When God allows something to happen to you that does not feel good, that is his methodology of pruning you. Somebody's going through a pruning spirit right now. Anybody ever been pruned before? And so he allows things to happen in your life. And that's called pruning you. Stuff you get faced with that you can't handle. But God can. How many of you got to know God when he did something that you couldn't do? So he said, he's going to prune those that they would bear much fruit. So Jesus is, is, is talking to us about kingdom relationship, how it's all intertwined, that God is ahead of everything, that he is the true vine and everybody is branching out with him. And then he gets to verse number three and switches gears on us. Somebody read verse number three. And then he tells him, you're already clean because he spoke. Now, when, when, when the word speaks, now, the word is our cleaning agent. And every time the word comes out, it cleans you. Even when you don't know what needs to be cleaned, the word is working on you. And so he says to them, you're already clean. In other words, in other words 
when God, when God saves you, he cleans you. He cleans you and you're finished already. But the word has to continue the work. So, so he's speaking to them at, in a state of already done. Because the word is that effective. When, when, the word, when the word gets in you, you're done. You might mess up, but you're done. How many know you're done? Some of you wanted to quit church but couldn't. <laughs> Came back one, one way or another. All right, verse number four, let's go. Okay, now here it comes. He said, after he, he breaks it all down, that we're all connected, he says, now abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Th therefore, no one can take credit for anything that they do because we cannot produce anything of kingdom value unless we're in him. And he said, abide in him. So abide means to stay there, to dwell, to live, to, to remain, to endure, to continue staying there no matter what so now he tells us to abide in him because there's no, no way we could do anything unless we abide in him so if we abide in him that means we can do all things so what is the problem that we don't abide in him i think there's three problems that I can, we can address tonight, three. What's one of them? Flesh. Huh? What's somebody? Flesh, flesh, right? So, so we can all say that we're the problem, right? Because it says, abide in me and I in you. He stays in you. The problem is we don't stay in him. So now we made, we, we made sure that we recognize that the reason why it's because of us. So self is a big issue, right? Because self wants it their way. Isn't it for something that we always want it our way and we are so quick to want to point out when it's not our way. How can you want it your way when you don't belong to you? That's a good question. Right? You bought a car, it's your car. Anybody got a car out there? Well, when we get out of here, I'm going to take your car. And I'm driving it home. Yeah, right. That never happened. Why? Because it's yours. Well, why is it that God say we're his 
and we want to do our own thing. Because we have not really embraced believing that we're his kids. We say it, but we haven't embraced it. So he says that I've done it already. This system is done, okay? You're a part of my vine. You're my branch. And you're going to, listen, you're connected to me. And I'm going to produce from me through you. Okay? He says, I'm going to do that. Now, how many of you want to be productive? And you, you, we, we want this, we want that, but we, we continue to allow ourselves to get on the throne. Right? Now, if it's not you, because I have down here, number one, is self. But people... Is right a slash mark. People are another problem, right? How many of you got a problem with some people? How many of you just want to be loving and just love everybody? Just just tell the truth. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, then just do it. Because, because listen, <laughs> you're a child of God. Who does God love? Everybody, did God love you when you were all messed up? When you was a liar, a cheater, a cusser? God loved you when you was all messed up. And now he's made you an extension of him so that you can love the way he loves. But the problem is that you do not want to deny yourself. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, put Matthew, um, Matthew 28 on the board. Verse 18, I think it is. I think that's it. Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 16:24 there. I think that's it. That it? That's it? Okay. Matthew 16, 24. We there? Then Jesus said to his disciple, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Now, how many of you desire to come after God? How many of you desire, I mean, truly desire to just come after Jesus? Well, the first thing you're going to have to do is not learn as many scriptures as you can. Huh? It's not come and serve on any board. The first thing, I mean, not to get recognition at the church. The first thing you need to practice and ask God for help is so that you can deny yourself. Because here's, I, I know, here's some breaking news to you. You think that it's the other people that's the problem. It's not the other people that's the problem. 
especially if they don't belong to Jesus. Because they need you to direct them to Jesus. And you keep taking their stuff that they do wrong personal. When all you have to do is deny yourself. It's not about me. It's about the Christ that I'm dwelling in. Can you let Jesus handle all the bad stuff and you just focus on the good stuff? The problem is we want to handle everything. We want to get mad at people and then we want to stay mad at people. Why do we want to stay mad at people? Because you love yourself and your old ways and you get mad at a situation and you want to stay mad. But God never got mad at you. And you were a horrible situation at one time. So he says, he says, if anyone desires to come out of me, let, let him, let him. Okay, so that means, that means that we have a responsibility. And what is the responsibility? Deny yourself when? All the time. Is it hard to deny yourself? Yes, it is. You've been pleasing yourself for a good long time. And now God has called you into his kingdom and brought you into relationship with him. And now it's not about pleasing you. It's about pleasing him. And we always pray. We even pray, God, can you help me with this? God, can you help me with that? God, I don't know why this. God, I don't know why that. How about, God, what is it that you want from me today? Isn't it something? When I was a kid, I used to always want from my daddy, my mom and dad. Mom, dad, mom, can you buy me this? Mom, dad, can you buy me that? Mom, dad, can you buy me this? Now I got kids. I'm sure mom and dad, when, when I was growing up, all they wanted me to do, mom, is there anything I can do for you today? You worked all day long. Dad, can, can I just help you out just a little bit? But we're like little kids. God, can you give me, give me, give me, can you spare me? But when we get into a true relationship, we understand that we have purpose. And we, if we abide in him, it changes us. And if you could stay in him, you will act like him. What does the, what does the scripture say? He who abideth in the secret place with the Almighty, right? If you stay there, if you dwell in the secret place with God, you shall abide in his shadow. What does that mean? If we could stay there, if we could stay, say abide, if you stay there, then you will begin to abide in his shadow. Staying with God, do you understand what abiding in the shadow is? When you stay there with God, 
and don't run here and there and let your feelings and emotion take you here and there that you just want to please God. You stay right there with God. Then you abide in his shadow. That means if you abide in his shadow, whatever he does, you do. And it takes staying there. The reason why we can't abide in, in his shadow is because we won't stay there. We like ourselves too much. And here's some silly stuff. We like to be mad. How many of you like to be mad? I knew you wouldn't admit it. Because once you get mad, you have a choice. Right? So Paul says this, focus on this, focus, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure, whatever things are good report, think on those things, right? And we have a choice. We can think about those things, and then we say, I don't want to think about that. It's like you just, you want to stay mad because you've practiced it for so long. So, so listen, so Jesus is telling us abiding in him will break all of our practices, we have to know and understand the only way that we're going to become be able to deny ourselves is to stay in him. Even when you don't feel like it, stay there. All right, go back to 15. I got a couple of things I want to get to you. <clears throat> Verse number five. I am the vine. You are the branches. Now he's breaking it down. For without me, you cannot do nothing. So he says, if you stay with me, I'm going to use you. And you're going to bear much fruit. In other words, you're going to produce kingdom, kingdom culture right here on earth. And listen, and what you produce, what I produce through you will last forever. And so God says, I called you into eternity that doesn't mean just getting to heaven. That's eternity now so that I can use you right now. And listen, because I use you right now, it will last eternal. Your grandkids, your great, great gang, grandkids will talk about what God used you to do. That's some good stuff. Verse six. <clears throat> So he says, listen, you keep going in and out, in and out. He said, but in and out, you in, listen, uh, you'll end up separating from God and, and, and just getting thrown away. God says, I can't use you. I, listen, I saved you to connect with you. I want a relationship with you. I want to flow through you. I want people to see me through your life. That's why he, he did what he did. And Jesus is explaining it to us in such a way. And so the second enemy that comes against us that we, we, we admit is the world, right? The world system, right? You belong to the world system for so long that you get mixed up. And listen, your belief system gets shattered when things are not going your way. 
you know, you're in a relationship with somebody and turmoil break out and all of a sudden that's not right no more. You're focused on what went wrong instead of how the one who can make it right. When you abide in him, you know he can fix anything. And he will fix anything for those who are connected to him. <clears throat> so, so he says that, he says, um, he says, do not be conformed, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That's why you're getting this word tonight. So you can get everything else out of your mind except for the connection that God has with you. Therefore, if you can stay focused on what he has with you, everything else will be transformed. Now, check this out. Will be transformed not only by him, but through you. Jesus says, right, if you abide in me, I abide in you, you bear much fruit. And in other words, whatever is barren in your life, if you abide in him, here it comes. God will produce just because you are staying where you're supposed to stay. Okay. Verse number seven. Okay, now check that out. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. Now check this out. His word is abiding in you. That means the way you are functioning is according to the word of God. That means you are not doing what you want to do. He's doing you. He says, when that happens, when you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire. Now, how many of you have prayed the prayer that you know was God's will, but it didn't happen? Tell you why. Because the second thing he says, he does his part because, <clears throat> and, but my word, he says, if you abide in me, if you stay there and live a life that somebody can read your life, and when they read your life, it looks like Jesus. That's what he's saying. He says, when that happens, then you can ask whatever you desire, and you can have it. He says, and it shall be done for you. Now, how many of you want to be able to ask and know that it's going to happen? What he's saying, what he's saying to us tonight, all is going to take is abiding, and if you stay right there, the word is going to transform you through hell or high water, up, down, good, bad, or indifferent. Don't let it take you from abiding in his will. If you stay right there, the word will become you. Man. And then whatever you desire, 
because the word is controlling your desires. You cannot desire something out of his will because the word is his will. So then your desires become his desires. And when you speak it, he goes and does it. Amen. That's the power of relationships. God says, I hooked it up so the enemy, and that's the third, that's that third joker, our third problem, right? Self and people, world, right? And the third thing is demonic forces. Yeah. And you say, I was bad enough by myself. And just when you're getting your little self together, there's some forces. A lot of time they come through people. Sometimes they come through thoughts. Sometimes they team up together. That's how they do most of the time. Trying to get you out of the will of God. Why? Because the enemy knows that God established relationships so that his people can dominate this earth realm. There's no reason why we should follow politics agenda other than we have not embraced and believed who God is and who we are to him. If he is over everything, all we gotta do is hook up, get locked in, and rise up there with them instead of talking about what's wrong, what's wrong. Talk about it. My daddy is in charge of everything. And he can do anything. And if that's going on, trust me, he has allowed it to go on. I don't even want to think about all of that. I want to stay focused on him. Because if I stay, if I abide in him, his word transforms me. And all that I do matches up with what he does. That, that then somebody can offend you and you don't take it. That's the problem. Jesus says offenses are going to come. That's what happens in relationships, you know. One offends the other one. But the other one had a choice. I'd either take it or not. Why are you saying that to me? No, you have a choice. That don't line up with who I am. Sweetie, you're talking to the wrong one. Can you imagine somebody say something crazy to you and you tell them, baby, that don't line up with who I am? Who going to argue with that? There's no more fighting. And the enemy has tricked us to take offense. Why? Because that takes us right out of his will. 
we become assault. We will give assault. Am I right? When you take offense, the next thing that you want to give back is an assault. You want to hurt what you just took and hurt. Because we have a choice. We don't have to take it. Right? People are going to say stuff all the time. And don't listen and don't know. And we sometimes we just forget. You need to be asked. How many of you believe you're truly a child of God? How many of you want God to have his way? How many of you going to work on denying yourself? How many of you know that's work you got work to do? <laughs> so, so he says this to us. We got we got to get out of here. He's, he says this to us. And no matter what we're up against, whether it's this, you know ourselves or people or the world or demonic forces. I want to I want to close with Matthew 28 and 18. Can you put Matthew 28, 18 on the board? I want to close with it because you really got to know. If you're in him and you stay there, you're going to win. We lose when we come outside of our relationship. So the enemy is trying to draw you out. Listen, he's trying to draw you out because he knows how powerful you are. So all forces and people who don't know Jesus, they're on a mission to get you out from abiding in him. That's the mission. That's That's what they do. That's their job. You have a job to do too. So the question becomes, Who do you work for? Because if the enemy can lure you out, that must mean you work for him. You know what that's like? That's like being at home and safe in a safety zone. And a gang come to your house. And tell you, come on, come with us so we can kill you. And you say, "Okay." You already know you're safe. Abiding in him. And nothing can hurt you. We choose to be hurt. I know you didn't like hearing that, but I got to tell you the truth. We have a choice to say, either I'm going to let that hurt me or I'm going to let that make me help them. Because anyone who says something to you to hurt you is really an assignment for you. God is saying, can you show them who I am while they're in the state that they're in? Like I showed you who I was when you were in the state that you were in. So if we can abide in him, we win. Why? And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, what? 
So if all authority has been given to Jesus, who are you going to abide in? Jesus. He wants this relationship because he has authority. And so now you can speak with authority because you're abiding in him. You don't speak doubting. You don't speak worrying. You speak with authority. That's how you know when you're really abiding in him because you can say, oh, no, not today. God's going to make a way. And because it's coming out into the atmosphere, God makes a way. Because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And he dwells in you. So just let him live through you. Don't hold him in. He wants all of him to come out of you. So that we could change this earth realm and dominate it, right? Turn it up, high, down. Amen. Give God a hand of praise.